You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, so let's go to some scripture, okay? Uh, And these words are important because they're the words of Christ. Now, he sets up, you know, he talks through parables. He sets this one up by saying, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story, okay? So, you know, sometimes you read a parable and say, well, what's this about? Well, he, he lets you know what this one's about. He said, this one's going to be about how the kingdom of heaven functions, how it works. The story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. And, you know, if you've not been to a great wedding feast, you've heard of them or seen pictures of them and now today with uh, Facebook and other social media. I mean, you, you, you see all kinds of stuff, right? We, but we know what this is like. You know, a great wedding feast. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bull's fatted calf have been killed, everything is ready, come to the banquet. I know now some of you are saying, now that doesn't sound like the kind of feast I want to go to. they got bulls and fatted calves that they've killed or whatever. But no, he just means, hey, we got all the food prepared, everything is ready, come. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. Instead of following the way to the place where all of this wonder and uh, great feast was, they went their own way. Uh, One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. (laughs) Yeah, oh my, he killed them, right. Thank you, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I read past that real quick. It's like, and killed them, okay. No, wait. He's saying, this is what happened. And this is how the, the, the kingdom of heaven is going to be. There are going to be people out there that hate the messengers, that want to kill the messengers. You know, they, you know, they say, you know, don't, don't shoot the messenger. But there are people that shoot the messenger. And Jesus said, in my kingdom, when I send my messengers out, this is the way they're going to be treated. Uh, and the king was furious. He had a right to be. There are murderers in my kingdom. So the king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers. And I know that sounds, oh, wait, maybe that was a little too much. No, it it was justice. In those days, that was justice. A town kills a bunch of people. You send your army out, and you you, uh, send the justice. So he sent his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, this is the important part. I know I really struggled to not stop there and preach all the way through this. Here's the important part. The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. And what he's saying, he's saying the ones that we thought were worthy, the ones that we focus our attention on, that these are the ones. Oh, God, God really wants to see these people in church. Man, they would make an awesome Christian. You ever said something like that? You know, they would. They would I mean, they're this close. You know, they live this, they're, they're this close. But they keep saying, no, no, no. And so the king says, go out and find others. And when he says, go to the street corners, you know what he's saying? He's saying, go to those that you didn't think were worthy. Just go out on the street and find somebody. Don't go to the nice paneled houses. Don't go to, to those places. Go out just, just into the streets. Uh, one translation of this says the highways and the hedges. Just get out there and find people so that my wedding feast can be filled with people. And so the wedding feast was filled. Not with people who say no, but with people who say yes. So this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what this is all about. 
And so, so the, 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 the point is for us to, to go and, uh, and keep going and to not just look at the ones that we think, but go look for the ones that are just willing to say yes. So how much and how far and how many times are we willing to, to go and invite and encourage? That's kind of what it's asking, right? How far are we willing to get out of our own comfort zones and, and put aside our own wishes, wants, and likes for church? I don't know if you ever heard of churches that are all about what, you know, everybody wants. I mean, I've heard of churches, been a long time since I heard one, hopefully still not happening, but I've heard of churches that actually would take donations. You give $50, you get to select the hymn for this morning. I don't, I don't know, y'all ever heard of anything like that? I hadn't heard of one of those in a long time, but trying to raise money. And, uh, you know, one story went that a uh, first-time guest was in one church, and they, they said that from the, from the podium, and, and uh, she stood up. She said, I got $350 here. You're going to let me select a hymn with every 50? I got $350 here, and I'll take him, him, and him. <laughs> okay, that was just a joke, right? But I don't know any difference. You know, that's not, that's not what this is about. I remember going up, this was years, years ago, um, probably decades ago, a couple of decades ago at least. I remember we were, uh, we were in a church. It wasn't our church. We were in a church for a state function. We are a state youth function. Kids were coming from all over the state. And we were there on Saturday, so uh, really their people weren't there. You know, the people that belonged to that church weren't there. So we were setting up early that morning, and, uh, and they had a center aisle, you know, not, not side aisle. They had a center aisle, and about five rows back, right on, the, right on that center aisle, there was a, um, like a welcome mat, you know, but a, a, a customized welcome mat. You know, you get them customized, you can get whatever you want on a welcome mat you put out in front. There was one there, and it said, Millie's Place, sitting right there. And there was a pillow, and there was a blanket. And, uh, you know, and I, I didn't know if Millie was coming in in a little while or not, you know, because this is Millie's place, you know. Did she live here or what? That was her place that she had reserved. And that may sound foreign to you, and if it is, I, hope, I, I, I mean, thank God that it is. You know, I, one of the reasons I sit on the front row is because nobody fights me over that seat. I can sit there every, you know, nobody wants that, that row. Just a few people, you know, sit up here with me. I mean, if you want your own seat, pick the front row because that's what it's going to be. Now, and so, but here's my point. I mean, are we, are we in this building our own thing are we building something for us to be comfortable for us to have our place is that what this is about that's not what this is about you know that's that's not what this is about at all have y'all seen the new sign out in front of the building yeah anybody nobody you haven't seen the sign okay i know we mentioned a few weeks ago it's been up about three or four weeks now so it's old right you don't even pay attention anymore have y'all noticed that 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 top panel you know anybody know what it says Third space, Morris. Okay, so I want to make sure you read it, right? Third space, okay? It's, it's third space. What is, what is third space? We have mentioned this a few times before, but that's actually going to be the title of my sermon today. That was the setup, long introduction. Don't count that time against me. I'm, I'm joking. I, I kind of added that in. But, but that's what we're going to talk about, third space today, about why we've named this building third space, because it really points to why we feel like we're here as a church. You know, um, we said a long time ago, 13 years ago when this church was uh, planted, you know, we said, okay, listen, we, we, could say, we could say there aren't enough churches in North Jefferson County because even back then we looked at surveys and stats and there were over 20,000 people in North Jefferson County that did not have a home church. Over 20,000, guess what? It ain't gotten any better. But here's the thing is we didn't just need more churches, 
we need different churches because of the churches that we have if they could reach the people that hadn't been reached they would have already reached them but they hadn't reached them yet so somebody needs to do something different and so that's why we became 2911 and that's why our vision is just a little bit different and that's why you know it might, we don't take a vote you know every time about you know what what color chairs y'all think we ought to have you know or where do you think we ought to put this table or where everything we've done about this building we've tried to do it with this kind of attitude from Matthew when Jesus said those things so what is third space? Let me talk about what third space is real quick, if I can. People have the place they live, the place they work, or attend school. That's two, right? We all need that third place in our life because life is not just about working and going home. I mean, you know, it's about, it's about, it's about doing all the other things. The social, and, and let me show you this from several, several people. This is from Forbes. Forbes says the, it is the informal public gathering places critical for a functioning civil society critical for a civil society to function it, it you've got to have third spaces uh brookings institute said they are locations where we exchange ideas have a good time and build relationships jordan harbinger now he's in some ways a nobody but he he was drilling down on what this really is and he and he pretty much nails it on the head a third a third place is an anchor of the community and usually a public setting that hosts frequent and informal gatherings of people most people are loyal to their place and return regularly to unwind and socialize so now you know what a third third space or we call it third space third place is you know what it is uh you know in some people's lives it's it's a bar you know, a bar that they go to. There was an oh, old sitcom back, um, I don't know, again, decades ago, right, called Cheers. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I know some of you my age, you've seen it and you've seen reruns or whatever. And if you ever watched an episode of that, it looked like these people, it looked like that, this, these people, this was their home. You know, it's like they, they went to work and they just came there and did all the things because they were this, there so long. Uh, some people, their third space is like a, a park, a, a ballpark, a soccer field. And if you've got more than one kid involved in uh, athletics, then you kind of feel like you're living at the ballpark too, don't you? I mean, you know, that's that's why it becomes those kinds of things uh, you know it could be you know uh, scouts and uh, other after-school activities can become third spaces and you know years ago the church worked and I mean years and years ago the church worked very hard to be the third space for its community I mean back if I, I even think back to my childhood and I can remember I can remember we'd be, you know, I, I was raised Church of God. That's a Pentecostal denomination, for those of you that don't know. And, you know, and, and we might be at a Baptist church for revival on Friday night, you know, and a Methodist church for a singing on Saturday night, and then at my home church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and the next Wednesday night, yeah, because we did it three times a week back then, you know. And my mom, I know they had ladies' prayer meeting and Bible study on Tuesdays. I mean, it, it, we had youth on Wednesday nights. We had a youth choir. We had practice, all those things. Our church was a third space. It wasn't an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. It was a third space. And churches worked hard to be third space. And, and, and I, this began before I was born. But I've watched it during my lifetime just escalate, I would say, out of control. This next slide, read this with me. The more that churches created spaces that fit themselves, the less they connected with their communities. See, somewhere in, in, in the last, I don't know, 75, 80, 100 years, 
We move from a, an evangelistic mindset of somebody else needs Jesus, where are they? Let me go find them to a field of dreams mindset. You know what I mean? Build it and they will come, right? All right? Yeah, right. I, know, I know they said that wasn't the actual quote, but that's what we remember it as. We have a build it and they will come attitude, right? And so we build these spaces that, you know, and if we build bigger spaces, people are going to show up. If we build more amazing spaces, people will show up. If we have great light shows and fog, you know, machines in our services, people are going to show up. Now, let me tell you, there ain't nothing wrong with a light show and a fog machine and a kid's crusade or something like that. They are amazing and awesome. But I'm going to be coughing up here a whole lot if we start having fog on this stage, right, because of, because of my uh, allergies and things like that. But, you know, what? we got this attitude. I mean, that's, that's where we got the Crystal Cathedral. Google that one later, anybody, uh, anybody younger than 35, okay? That's, that's how we got the Crystal Cathedral. I mean, it, it was a see-through church. <laughs> you know, you could just, if you could hear, you could just park it and look inside because, you know, it was, it was just crystal. That's where we got this. It's like if we build this, and, and then we started building it like we liked it, and this, and this, and this. And, and man, and I've known churches that have split over what color the carpet is going to be. You know, I, I, I heard of a church back when I was a, a young pastor, when I was pastoring my first church, I heard of a pastor, uh, I'm sorry, I heard of a church that could not agree on the color of the carpet. So you know what they did? They carpeted one half of the sanctuary one color and they carpeted the other half and the people that voted for this color sat over here and the people that voted for this color sat over here. Tell me what kind of unity was in that church. Tell me what kind of move of God. Tell me what, tell me what was going to happen. How, who was going to be reached? With that kind of an attitude, you know, and we haven't even voted on carpet around here. We're not planning any writing or anything, really. I mean, I don't know if you, if you even remember that, that uh, one of the things we did is, is we worked on everything else before we even touched this in here, man. We just set up chairs. Uh, we did buy a rug and just sit it on the floor, and I was down about a foot and a half lower than I was, and y'all were trying to see me even more and all of that. We still don't have our lights in, our lights in yet, and all those things because... Oh, why do we do it this way? Why have we chosen to do it this way? What, that next slide for me, if you will. The 2911 vision is about everyone knowing Jesus and knowing their gifts, possibilities, his, promise, his promises, and his dream for their lives. It's all of that. I mean, our vision statement, that's not our vision statement, but this is our vision. It's about everyone can you say that word with me? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. And, and, and let me ask you, is that, a, is that a plural or a singular word? Uh-huh. Singular. Google it. You don't believe me? Google it, okay? Because, I mean, if Google says it, you know it is, right? But it is. It, throw a verb behind it and you'll see. Everyone has, okay, Right? Now, is that singular or plural? Has is singular because they have, but he has. Every one is singular because it's not about the every, it's about the one. It's not everybody, it's every one. It's not all, it's every one. Every one. Because, and, and they say, well, is that really what we're about? Yeah. I mean, what is it? If you hear one thing over and over and over at this church as far as a motto, slogan, or whatever, what is it? Everyone has. Okay, thank you. A lot of you have heard that before. Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. Every one. Not, not just all of us together, but every single one of you. Every single one 
of you has something awesome to do for Jesus. Every single one of you needs to know Jesus. You need to know uh, your gifts. That's why we spent all this time talking about them over the last three months. You need to know the possibilities that are in your life. You need to know the dream that Jesus Christ has for your life. You need to know that. that that's, that's really what 2911 is about. There was this, uh, you know, this thing I, I grew up hearing, and, and as, a, as a young minister I grew up hearing, is that in most churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And it's that that's got to turn around. I mean, that, and that's who we are a lot. He's like, look, you've got something to do. So there shouldn't be just 20% of the people doing something and the rest of us just, just enjoying what they're doing. Every one of us has something awesome. And it's not just the every one of us. It's every one that everybody out there, everyone in your place of business, where you work, everyone that you go to school with, everyone in your home, and everyone in your third spaces, wherever they are, they all need to know Jesus. They need to know their gifts. They need to know the possibilities, the promises. They need to know the dream that Jesus Christ has for their life. That's what 29, I mean, that's, that's I don't know how you feel about it. That's for me as pastor, as leader, and where, the direction I'm pushing, that's what this means. That's what this church means. That's what our vision is, is everyone needs all those things, deserves all those things, and, and doesn't need another, man, I, 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 I want to be careful here because I don't want to, you know, don't want to offend anybody if you did one of these, you know, with your small group this summer or a grow group this past semester or something. But more than they need all the fluff and stuff, they need to know all of these things. So that's why when we bought this building, we had a different attitude about this. Let me tell you, I, I was hesitant. We were in the Civic Center, I think about six years, moving in and out every weekend, and, and, uh, and people would get tired and whatever, and I thought it was awesome. I, not that y'all getting tired and everything, but just to see how many people roll up their sleeves and get involved to make church happen every single day. Now, I'm not saying I want to sell this building and go back to Civic Center. No, I'm not, because just listen to the rest of this sermon, okay? And you'll understand what I mean. But it's like, I was, and I was not pushing for us to find a building because, you know, <clears throat> what I've seen, I, I know people, we, we say buying is better than renting, right? Okay, because uh, now in your home, yeah, if you can buy, buying is better than renting, okay? <clears throat> but if you had a business that was only open two hours a week, would you buy a large auditorium or would you rent something for two hours? I mean, you'd rent something for two hours, right? So, and so that's the way I looked at a church building. It's because I just saw a church build, build these huge, amazing auditoriums for people to sit in for a couple of hours on Sunday and sit empty for the rest of the time. And so they're paying full-time money for half-time use or part-time use. And I didn't want that. I mean, that, that was never in, in, in any way in my dreams or my ideas that we would get a building <laughs> that would have a building, that would have a room in it that nobody visited between Sundays and that nothing happened between Sundays. Never, never dreamed or imagined that we would ever do anything like that. So what is, how does the vision of 2911 fit into this building? What is it about this building? Well, let me tell you this first off. We said this for many years, okay? I hadn't said it a lot lately, so you needed to hear it today. We are willing to do what no one else is doing to reach those no one else is reaching. You see, that goes back to <clears throat> that thing I was saying about the 20,000 plus. You know, obviously, we, 
the church needs to be doing something different. So let's do, let's do the stuff that nobody else is doing, and maybe we can reach some of those 20,000 that are out there because we're doing something nobody else is doing. <clears throat> because it's, it's not just about showing up and having church. I, I remember, and, and let me throw some of these at you. I, it, it fits here in a way, and I, I just want to remind you. I want to remind you of who you are, okay, who you've been as a church. You know our first missions project at 29-11? is we dug a well in Romania, you know, and, and we, had, we had some giving. We had one family gave a, a, a lot of money and helped toward that, but we had giving, and we dug a well at an orphanage in Romania, and we had the Spirit of God speak through several people to our church and say, because you were a well to people you will never meet, I am going to make you a well to the people around you. And he's done that. A couple of years later, we helped plant. We, pl we provided half of an orchard for that same, for that same uh, orphanage <coughs> in Romania. We've supported missionaries in various parts of, of the world. And I, I mean, some that are living in places, some that would go and come back and back and forth. We've supported missions and different things. We, we, uh, we helped uh, um, uh, restore an old church building in South Dakota. Uh, we, we had a team go up there and do that, and then we sent money up there to, to help restore a, a, a building. And a lot of our staff were able to go up just a few years ago and to, and to see, see the work that, that we did there and how we reached out in that area. And then, then we've uh, just, just recently, this past, this past year, we uh, took up funds. And, and it didn't do a fundraiser. We just took up funds to provide medical uh, care for um, a lot of orphans in Honduras uh, with Angie, Angie McEnville, Altamirano at Hope House. And uh, the, the little girl there that needed so much surgery and all those kinds of things, and we did all that. That's what a church is. A church is not about arguing over carpet. A church is not about what I want. You know, back to that first scripture again from, from, from Jesus and what, what he said, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. And it's about this, this building is about being a third space, going into, not just into the places, because, you know, I, I, I hear, every once in a while I hear a little question from somebody like, why would you do this? Because this is, you know, coffee shop, you know, and renting your building out. I mean, that's, nobody's getting saved because of that. Oh, Paul Contraire. You know, nobody's getting saved. And I look back to Jesus, and I see him ministering to people so late in the day that they're starved, they're hungry. They're going to pass out if we send them home right now. So he tells the disciples, what? Feed them. And he feeds 5,000 families right then. And then there's another time he feeds 7,000. And I'm glad it was two different numbers. So we realized he did that twice. You know, he fed 5,000 and he fed 7,000. He, he didn't just come so that people could have eternal life. He came that they could have abundant life right here and right now. You know, so this building is this. It's also Sundays. <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, what we do, like Sundays. Uh, we call it having church, that kind of stuff, even though it's not. We call it that a lot. It's, it's this missing, that the space is missing in people's lives. If people aren't, aren't, aren't attending a church somewhere, then that space is missing in their life. And so that's what this is. And not just Sundays, but teens on Wednesday nights. And some of our, I think probably most of our grow groups are meeting here uh, in the last semester. And they're about to kick off again in a couple of weeks. And, and uh, even some of our meetups have met here in this building. But it's not just that, it's also the rentals. Yeah, the rentals. We, we rent our space out, and, and we decided we would do this as cheaply as possible so it would be a blessing to the community. 
not be something that we could make money off of, but just cover our expenses so it would be a blessing to the community, providing space to celebrate. Think about that. That's what we're doing is we're providing space for people to celebrate the things in life that are happening, birthdays and, and um, you know, uh, showers for weddings that are coming up or babies being born and all those special things, but also even, even uh, people doing business uh, in our in, in our building, you know, the, the, those kinds of things happen. And I ask, and sometimes it's hard to, to uh, break those down because they are all intertwined. You know, the church and the, the building, calling it third space, and, and even the coffee shop. I mean, they're, they're, they're all intertwined because it's all us. But I was asking Lexi, said, how, I asked her how many groups there were outside of the groups that we organize. I'm not talking about our grow groups or our meetups or those things. But outside of the groups that we were in, as how many groups from other churches or even civic groups, small groups that have met regularly in our building? And she said she had no idea, but it had to be more than 15 such groups that have met in this. We provided that space by, by being this and uh, an inmaker's coffee, the quintessential third space. I mean, that's, you know, a coffee shop. I mean, that's it. It really is. You know, a coffee shop, that really is a third space. But even more than that, it's a place of peace. Uh, it's the thing I hear most from Everybody that talks about our, our coffee shop, they talk about the place of peace. And, and, and it's, uh, so, well, that's not, no, that didn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. Dave and I, just a few weeks ago, we were on a short little vacation with some of the family, and we went to uh, theme parks in uh, Universal, Woo Orlando, Florida, in August. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were hot, we were sweaty. They would, stop, they would stop to talk and plan where they were going next, and I, I, and I kept going over, and I, I said, you know, y'all got to figure this out. You know, the guy without any hair on top of his head, you know, when I stop, I got to stop under a tree somewhere. I can't just stand out there in the middle and talk for 15 minutes about what we're going to do next. Find me a tree or somewhere, you know, so we did all that. And, and you know, no one was rude or ugly, but I, 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 I believe I'm a people watcher. I just saw people. I saw people struggling with things. I saw people hurting. I, I mean, you know what I noticed? Because um, one, of, one of my grandkids said something about a shirt I had on, I think, the second day. And, uh, you know, I've always been told if I didn't pastor church, I wouldn't have anything to wear because all those T-shirts we give away and everything like that. You know, and, and, and it made me think. And, you know, I remember, yeah, man, you go, you go to Six Flags, you go to Disney World, you go to Universal, and, man, you see all these people with all their you know, all their t Christian T-shirts on and all that. And, you know, and I started looking, and so it was only the last half, the day and a half, I never saw one T-shirt said anything about Jesus Christ, church, Bible, any of those things. Not one T-shirt. But I saw so many other things that were opposed to what you and I say is the way that is going to make your life all it needs to be. And on the way home, we stopped in uh, just outside of, of Gainesville. Any Florida fans here? We stopped right outside of Gainesville. And uh, the Gators played really well yesterday, by the way. Uh, and we stopped right outside of Gainesville and uh, called. You know, we did the online ordering because, you know, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know how covered up it is, and I figured it's got to be. College town's got to be covered up. So uh, we pre-ordered, and uh, I went inside to pick it up, and I went in there, and, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm standing around, I'm just looking. I said, now, listen, I'm not saying everybody in Chick-fil-A is a Christian and everybody in Universal is not, okay? I'm saying, man, I didn't say, everybody there had a smile on their face. 
people were enjoying in their life. And, 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 and I'm, maybe I shouldn't have even said Chick-fil-A because I don't want you to just focus on Chick-fil-A. I just want you to focus on the fact of, you know, there's a difference. And there was just a peace in there. There was a joy that it was in there. I went, I went back out, sat down in the car with Dave. I said, Dave, you know, where we've been in Universal past three days, I was just, this was our place. <laughs> this, was, this was, I mean, this was like where we feel. I mean, I mean, it's like the peace that is there. Let me tell you, it doesn't just happen. We take that for granted. I mean, you walk into the, co the coffee shop here, you go into other coffee shops, you don't feel what you feel in this coffee shop. How does that happen? Oh, is it? Oh, I know what it is. It's those sweet, sweet ladies behind the coffee counter and Alex, you know, and the, the one guy we have, right? It's those sweet, sweet people back there. I know that's what it is. No? And, and listen, I, I'm not just saying this of my own accord. That's what people tell me about our coffee shop. Let me give you some scripture because this doesn't just happen. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you, are in, as you enter their home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. And he's not saying, peace, peace, you know, running, peace, peace. No, just by your presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you and the fruit of that spirit, love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, never, all those things, because they're in you, it's going to be right there. Because th this is not a place that people of peace visit. This is a place uh, where people of peace work that have established it. We prayed over this building. We've anointed the places in this building. And we keep praying over this building. We just had a month of prayer on Tuesday nights. If you didn't make it, I'm sorry, but we're going we're gonna to get you later, okay? But we've been, we still pray over this building, and it's a place of peace. Why is it a place of peace? Because we have chosen not to build our place, but to build a place where people can experience just something in the presence of God so they will know this is a place I can find what I need. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul the apostle did. Let me share that with you if I can. Okay, we're, we're about to wrap this up. Not yet. Don't get real excited. I, I, I got to hurry. Um, I don't think my clock got started on time because it says I still got 19 minutes, and I know I don't have 19 minutes. So I'll try to wrap this up as quick as I can. But a sign doesn't make a place special. Having a sign out there that says third space does not mean this is a third space. No more than having a sign out there that says church makes this a church. You can't put up a church sign and, and say, oh, we're a church because we got a sign. That doesn't make you a church. And having a sign that says third space doesn't make it. You know what? We just got to sign up, but we've been a third space for over a year. We've been a third space for over a year. And, and, and you say, are we getting there? No, no, no. We're not getting there. We are there. We are a third space. There are people in this community, this is their third space. That they get, they, they're not calling around anymore looking for somewhere else to rent. This is the place they rent for their celebrations of life. They're not drinking coffee somewhere else. This is the place where they go. Uh, this is the place where, where the, the old gentleman who is, whose wife is at home dealing with chemotherapy, this is the place where he comes to get his peace. This has already become that. And so, so you know, I, I, I say that to you because if you hadn't been involved in this, then what are you waiting on? You know, be, don't, ju don't just be a, a, a bystander and watch what's going on, but decide to be a part. Uh, of this. So, okay, so a sign doesn't make a place special. What does? People who are passionate about doing something special for those around them. That's what makes a place special is the people being special. 
And, you know, we've got so many things that we are trying to do as a church. But, you know, I've got at least three, maybe four. But I will definitely say there are three things that I anxiously want. There are three lanes I want to add to this one-lane highway. It's not a one-lane I guess we're already three lanes if we look at church rentals and, and coffee shop. So I want to double that from three to six lanes. But I don't have the time. I don't have the availability. I don't really even have the ability. I don't know exactly how to do some of these things. And I just pray in God. I want you to pray with me. Because I'm praying about these other three lanes that we need to be heading down this highway in so that we can do more to reach more people that need to know Jesus and know their possibilities and pro promises and the dream that he has for their life. I want you to pray with me about that because somebody, somebody's sitting here right now or maybe is, gonna, is here normally and can't be here today that's but sitting in our church already or someone that's about to come in and says you know i've got this dream and i don't know if this is the church yeah this is the church that wants to help you do the thing that's you know it's it's like how do how do i know what that is what tugs at your heartstrings is there anything that makes you cry what makes you cry i got one of those every time i hear a story i cry about a, about an area of ministry i wish we could be involved in but i don't have the ability or the availability the time what makes you cry? I'm praying, God, send those people to help us add those lanes if they're not already sitting here right now. And if they are, God, make them open their mouth and let me know they're here so we can find the training and the resources and let's, we can add that lane. So that's, that's, that's what it's about is people who are passionate. But then the other thing is this. I got to really hurry because I like to preach here a while. People who are committed, let me say this about commitment. There are a lot of people out there who just kind of show up at church and, you know, Check it off. I did, my, I did my duty this week. I was at church. Tick, tick. You know, and there are a lot of churches. I said this a few weeks ago. There are a lot of churches out there. They're happy. If that's what you want to do, they're happy for you to just show up. Let me tell you, th these three lanes that are functioning so well already in this community, that didn't happen without committed people. Committed people said, we're going to make this happen. Before the coffee shop even opened, we had people that had committed to help volunteer because we had to have more work then we had funds to pay for the labor that we needed out there. We've had people ever since, and we need people. You got to be committed. You got to show our people who support, promote it, and give. Man, I, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to preach these. I got, I, I've got to close. But I, I want to say this. I want to say it real carefully. I want you to understand. You need to give into ministry because Jesus reaffirmed that. And because it's all through the Old Testament. You need to give. We need to be givers. And, and if you can't feel so excited about what God is doing at 2911 that you can't drop an offering in the offering box or you can't go online and give PayPal, if you can't, then please go find that place that makes you so excited. I want to be a part of this ministry that I can give. Because you're supposed to be giving. You need to do that. And so you need to be, because that's, you're not, you're not going to be whole until you do it. You're not going to be complete until you do that. That's, that's what this takes. What makes a place special? People who are committed, support, give, serve, pray, and fast to have the opportunity to do something special. Last slide, uh, and, and we'll wrap this up, okay? In the New Testament, the early church, 
Listen, I could tell you what Church of the Highlands is doing. I could tell you what Life Church in Oklahoma is doing. I can tell you what Hillsong is doing all over the world. But, you know, if I go for an example, if I go back to this church in Acts, I'm going back to the way this thing was set up, okay? There were two evangelistic efforts, methods followed by the early church. One of them was setting up local congregations. We would, today we would call that planting churches. Our example is Paul. There's just, there's just two examples right there of two churches. If you want to read those scriptures, they're on, the, they're on the connect page in the sermon notes. You want to read those and you see that where he set up churches. And those churches, they did the evangelistic work then in their communities. They didn't just build. I mean, I don't even know when the, really the first church building was actually erected. These people were reaching people without a building. The building wasn't important. The building was a tool. The building wasn't the goal. The building was a tool. It was just one thing to use to, to be able to reach so that he was establishing congregations in local communities so that they could do the work of evangelism. But that wasn't all he did. Second thing he did is he, you know, th this whole great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, 19, 20, go therefore into all the world, teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. It's about going. It, it's about becoming part of people's lives. Paul was setting up third spaces, you know, setting up congregations. But he also was going into their own third spaces. You know, and it's, a, it's about going. It's not about building a big cathedral and waiting for them to come. That's not what Jesus said for us to do. He said, go, get out there amongst the people. And so we, we, we create a place that is a third space for them to come. But then we also have to go be in their third spaces. And, and, and Paul did it right there. My two favorite examples of where he went to the laundromat and he went to Jack's. You know, now I know that's not New Testament, but that's the way I describe it. Because what he did is he went to the place where women washed their clothes all week, but he went on the, on the Sabbath, the day of rest, because that was a time when people would kind of gather to pray, and he could find some maybe that he could preach to. He went to their laundromat, the riverside. He went to the, he went to the place that was one of their third spaces. But then also this other one, Jack, the Jack's, you know, I call it Jack's, you know, Jack's hamburgers, you know, because you go in there and you ever go in there early in the morning and, you, you know, that big round table and who's sitting about around that big round table? A bunch of old geezers, right? You know, and they're just sitting around there sipping their coffee and, you know, and they're talking about all kinds of stuff going on in life. Maybe some football, but more likely it's other stuff going on and just having a great time or whatever. That's where Paul went. You want to see the story? It's right there, Acts chapter 17. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the Areopagus. It's, it's kind of the Jack's hamburgers of the day, you know, is, is back in that day. That's where he went. He went into their third spaces. He created third spaces, and he went into their third spaces. One of the easiest things for you to do is we've already got third spaces here. But you may have a place that you already have called your third space, and he, Jesus didn't just send you there to enjoy the hamburger or the coffee. You're there also to touch somebody. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.